You're listening to Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. On every episode, I talk to you about uplifting, empowering, and inspirational topics that can help you to stand up and fight those beasts in your life and to just live a life filled with much more happiness, strength, and courage. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or on SoundCloud so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. You can also find this directly on my website at ValerieSilvera.com. You are not alone. I am standing with you. Good morning. You've probably heard the saying that laughter is the best medicine. I remember this from the Reader's Digest, but they had this one section in that little magazine. I'm not even sure if Reader's Digest is around anymore, but I remember as a kid growing up, my mom used to subscribe to Reader's Digest and so did my grandpa, and my grandpa was a hoot, by the way. He was hilarious. Always something funny coming out of him. So there were different sections in that Reader's Digest that even as a kid I liked, but there was one section in particular that I really liked And it was called laughter is the best medicine. And it was just these little jokes or little funny things that people would, I think people would write in and the magazine would share. And, you know, so over the years, I've thought about this a little bit. Laughter is the best medicine. And I thought, you know, growing up, that was just something that they said in that magazine. I was just a little kid. But I'm really starting to believe. No, I'm not starting to believe. I'm already a big believer that laughter is the best medicine. There are actual studies, proof, scientific and medical proof that laughter helps us. It doesn't just make us feel good temporarily. It can actually change us physiologically. So mentally, emotionally, physically, and I think even spiritually. Laughter is so important. Speaking of spiritually, you probably think that that's kind of crazy because I don't know, a lot of people growing up went to church or thought of church or pastors or just that whole experience of God as being so serious, not really laughing. Well, there's one scripture that I really like from the Bible. I like it for a lot of different reasons, but it, I just think that it's something that you should take into consideration if for some reason you think life is supposed to be so serious. And it's a Proverbs and it goes like this. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. This is God telling us to laugh, to not worry about the future, to be more lighthearted. And if we're lighthearted, we're into laughter. When was the last time that you laughed? I mean, really laughed. You know, that belly roll laugh, or maybe even laughter when you couldn't stop? Think about this. In my workbook, Still Standing After All the Tears, I actually have two versions of the workbook, but there is one little exercise that you do in there, and it is the laughter meter. So I created this laughter meter, and these questions, it's just the short questionnaire uh, about how much you're laughing, and then it kind of rates you on the meter. Really interesting. If you have a workbook and you haven't gotten into it yet, I suggest you get into it because that one in particular with regard to laughter might really help you to think about it. Think about what's keeping you back from laughing. And if you're having a hard time finding anything to laugh about lately, it's time to get around some funny people because that can help you. 
But a lot of this is going to be changing your mindset. Some of you are thinking it's not okay to laugh under the circumstances. When I rode my roller coaster from hell, I still laughed a lot because I'm the kind of person who laughs a lot. But a lot of my laughter wasn't very genuine. Still, I'm glad I did it. It, You know, it still was helping me. But I think what happens sometimes when somebody you love is going down a bad road, like with me in the case of my daughter, or maybe you have some bad news that you've gotten regarding your health or somebody else that you love, or there's some financial difficulties, maybe a, a loss of a relationship, maybe somebody's died, and you're thinking, how in the world could I be laughing? As a matter of fact, why should I laugh? As a matter of fact, how could I laugh? And what would people think of me if I did laugh during this period of time? Well, I'm kind of a person who doesn't worry all that much about what people are thinking about me. I mean, as long as I'm trying to be a good person, don't spend so much time worrying about what people think. Sometimes you have to laugh at really strange times and sometimes I don't even know why, but I think sometimes it's a release. So I think sometimes, you know, keeping yourself from laughing during certain situations is not good for you. Now, you might think I'm strange, so I'm going to share with you a couple of stories about me and my laughter, and you, again, you might think I'm strange, but it's okay. It might give you some permission to laugh. So, again, I seem to find laughter in the strangest situations. Now, first of all, let me tell you this one little story. I was on a business trip many years ago, and it was just a short trip to San Francisco, and I was in this hotel from hell. You know, because of my nature, which is always concerned about other people and, and, um, you know, trying to do the right thing and all that. So when I booked this trip, I booked it at this little boutique hotel. Well, I shouldn't call it a boutique hotel. (laughs) I booked it at this little hotel in downtown San Francisco in the theater district. And I just wanted to save money because the hotel that the company typically stayed at was pretty expensive and we were a public company and, you know, I was allowed to do it. Don't ask me why. I mean, sometimes the choices I make, I tell you. So I decided to save a little money for the company and stay at this other hotel. And it was a comedy of errors. I'm not going to get into all of it, but it was just one thing after the next. And then the first day I'm there, I'm starting to get a sore throat. By day two, I've got a burning sore throat. So this hotel in the theater district sounded cute but the noise never stopped. And the windows were, they must've been made out of cellophane. It was so noisy. I mean, the people may as well just come into my room and made noise right next to my bed. It was terrible. I couldn't sleep all night. I had this terrible sore throat. And to make matters worse, my room had no hot water. So anyway, long story short, I get back. I ended up having strep throat. But when I got back to the office after, you know, taking a couple days off, I suppose, I was telling the story to some of my coworkers who also traveled with the business and I was telling it, but I was making fun of it. I mean, it was like I had all of these funny, funny ways of looking at it and, you know, different things that had happened and even had them cracking up about the water, you know, the cold water. And there was just a whole lot of things that I was making jokes about and laughing about. So see, I had found a way to take that nightmare story, which I could have run around telling everybody this terrible, awful trip that I had. Instead, I turned it into the trip from hell and it was really funny and everybody was cracking up. I remember I had this coworker and he was looking at me during the whole time I'm telling that story, he's looking at me as if his wheels are turning, you know, 
And when I get done, he goes, you're like a, a female Seinfeld. He goes, you find laughter and humor. I had this one coworker, and while I was telling this funny story, he was laughing, but I could see that his wheels were turning. And when I was finished, he said to me, you find humor in the most everyday life situations. He said, you're like a female Seinfeld, which, hey, I took as a compliment. I love Seinfeld. But anyway, so you see what I mean? I, I chose to find laughter in it and find the humor in it. And, and then I got to make other people laugh through my story. So that same story, see, the story wasn't any different. No matter how I retold it, it really was the same story. But I decided to retell it with humor. So that's one little tip I want to give you. Now, um, another thing, these aren't necessarily going to be tips, but I'm just going to give you an idea that sometimes it's okay to laugh. I don't know if you think that these are inappropriate, but I can't help it. This is what really happened. These are three stories that happened during very, very difficult times, during sad times. And all three of these happened at a funeral home. Yeah, I know, kind of crazy. Now, this first one, my I had a friend whose son actually committed suicide, which there's absolutely nothing funny about that, obviously. And it was a very, very trying time. He was 17 years old. It was really, really, I mean, we, we went through, you know, a week or so together of, you know, just getting through all of it together. And, um, you know, we went through all sorts of emotions. We cried a lot, of course. But... This has nothing to do with that particular situation. It was just something stupid that I said that made us laugh. And actually, my friend appreciated it. So we're at the funeral home, and we were picking out a casket. And um, they had these little kind of mini caskets to show you what they looked like. And then underneath it was this metal box. And the casket thing was kind of sitting on top of it. And so the funeral director said something about, you know, needing this metal box. And... I'm looking at this metal box and I'm looking at the casket, little you know, miniature caskets on top of it. And I mean, I was seriously, I said, what, that doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you take a wooden box and put it on top of this metal box? Because that's how they presented it, right? And the funeral director looked at me like, what in the world are you saying? He said, that's just showing what the box looks like. That box is actually going to go around the wooden box, it's going to go inside the metal box. I looked over at my two friends that were with me, one of them being the mother of this Scott boy, and they started to laugh, and then I started to laugh, and we all, we must have laughed for five minutes. I mean, and so I know that sounds a little off and, and kind of crazy, but boy, didn't we needed that release. We weren't laughing at all about what had happened, the tragedy that was in front of us, but we were able to release some of that anxiety and stress by laughing at something stupid that I said. So the next one was my grandfather. This one actually happened long before the one I just told you. When my grandfather passed away, he had um, Parkinson's and you know we were expecting him because he got pneumonia, we were expecting that he would pass away and of course, in a way, we were very relieved that he passed away. But you know, I loved my grandfather very, very, very much. But so there we were at the funeral home and we were just finishing up the last bit of, of the plans for the service that we were going to have. And the funeral director said, well, well, I, this was back when you had to actually type, you know, type up these ads for the newspaper. So he was actually on a typewriter. 
So he's typing this up and he said, why don't you guys go down the hall here? You, you know, he kind of gave us the directions and said, go and look at the chapel while I finish this up. So my mom and I are walking down this long hallway and there were all these doors. And we were just kind of chit-chatting and, you know, talking quietly, of course, because we're in this funeral home on the way to a chapel. But there was, we, we passed this one door and the door was wide open. And there was a body laid out and there was somebody over the top of the body. And what happened was it was just, it was just so shocking and the room was kind of small. So it was just, you know, we saw everything and my mom kind of went, oh, you know, she kind of, she kind of let out this, this kind of, you know, scream or this, this noise. And the person over the body looked up at us. And at that moment, I just took off running. Can you believe that? That was my instinct to take off running. So I did, I took off running toward this chapel and my mom was right behind me and I was laughing so hard and my mom was laughing too hard too. We burst through the doors of this chapel and we, thank God nothing was going on in there, huh? And we literally laid on the pews in this chapel and cracked up. And, you know, we weren't sure if that was somebody that was viewing a body or if that was just somebody preparing. We aren't sure what was going on there, but we, it was just, I don't know, it was a release again. And, you know, while that may, may seem inappropriate, I know that my Scottish grandfather was probably cracking up watching us. And it was such a relief. The third time at a funeral home was when my stepdad, whom I consider my dad, passed away. And he had dementia. It was going on for a long time. And in the same thing, he got pneumonia. And so we were, you know, relieved but sad. It was a really, really tough time. And it was a super tough time for my mom for years. Very tough on the caregiver. And so my mom was doing okay that day. She really was. We're at the funeral home and my dad was going to be cremated and there were all this, all these papers that my mother was asked to sign. And they got to the one and they explain, you know, what every paper is. Then we get to the one and, and, he, and the, the funeral director explains that this one is in case anything goes wrong during the cremation. You know, it's a liability form. And... I'm thinking about this and thinking, what could go wrong during cremation? So I said to the guy, I don't understand what that paper's for. I said, what could go wrong? It's not like you're going to kill him or anything. And I looked over at my mom. My mom started laughing. I started laughing. I mean, you know, it was one of those where you kind of scoot down in your chair laughing so hard. Pretty soon the funeral director couldn't help it, but he had to laugh. I mean, I think he didn't think he was supposed to, but pretty soon he was laughing too. And we still laugh about that today. And when we left, we said goodbye to the funeral director. We hugged him and, and all of that. We, and he told us how much he appreciated that laughter after we brought it up to him. And I said, I'll bet you're going to tell all your coworkers about that. He said, are you kidding me? When I was making those copies, I already did. So you see what I mean? We lightened the load for everybody because these were difficult, you know, trying, sad situations. And so I'm not saying that right in the middle of some tragedy, obviously I wasn't laughing when they came to the door to tell me that my daughter had been murdered the night before. There wasn't, you know, I didn't find any laughter during that situation. But I do have to tell you that somebody did come over a day or two later, I can't remember, in the evening. And it's a friend of mine who has this really amazing son-in-law and he has... You know, so he's on the spectrum, the autism spectrum of, you know, to some degree. And he, he tends to be really monotone. And he's a really super awesome guy. And he tends to be pretty monotone. And he made a comment. And it was, it was, it was a tongue-in-cheek political comment, actually, that 
the, it popped out at, I mean, the perfect time. I looked over at him and I could not, I just started laughing and he started laughing and everybody laughed. And that was either the first or second evening after we found out my daughter had died. You see, we allowed ourselves to laugh over something that was funny. I mean, it was just a moment, but it was an important moment. We need to laugh more. We need to find things to laugh about. I'm not talking about laughing at people or making fun of people. That kind of laughter is probably not the best thing that you can do, but there's so many ways that we can just lighten up and laugh and have a good time. I mean, I could tell you so many stories. I also, you know, I have these these stories at funeral homes, but I also seem to have these stories about me somehow getting my long jacket <laughs> or my skirt or something like that caught up in my pants or, or pantyhose or whatever and yeah, walk it out in public like that. So I have plenty of stories like that too, but rather than feel embarrassed, I just crack up. I think it's funny. You can laugh a lot too if you will just decide First of all, that it's okay. Because I know a lot of you, when you have somebody in your life who's crashing, who's not doing well, who's riding that roller coaster from hell or something like that, you don't think it's okay to laugh. You know, it's almost as if you've put on the black clothing and the black veil and you're in constant mourning. Laughter will lighten your load. It might not change anything that's going on with that situation, but it can certainly help that situation. You've got to find things to laugh about. I mean, what can you... So here are my tips. First of all, change your mindset about laughter. Laughter doesn't always mean that you're saying, oh, everything's just so perfect in my life. But laughter is a part of life. Remember that Proverbs that I said earlier. She is clothed, clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. So start using laughter more in your life. Get around some funny people. Go to a comedy show. Watch a funny movie or a funny TV program. But most of all, be willing to look at the lighter side of life or to look at your life situation and lighten it up. Lighten up some of the things about your situation. Even when Jamie was in her addiction and riding that roller coaster from hell, there were plenty of times where we found laughter and even found laughter between us about certain things. You know, I even teased her, you know, about a few things that made her laugh. I still think of funny things about her. Funny things that Jamie used to say. So this is another thing. I use laughter a lot with my memories of Jamie because she could be really funny and she could do some funny things and say some funny things and even some of it was teasing me. But I've got broad shoulders. I don't mind being teased. I think of those things and it makes me laugh. I really love that I can think back about my daughter who's now an angel and, and it's not always. I mean, there are times when I'm very, very, very sad about her. You know, I miss her so much. But I love that I can think back on situations or that she will pop into my mind or that something that could be potentially funny will come up. And I will allow my memories of Jamie 
to lighten my mood and to even make me laugh. So ask yourself this, what is holding you back from laughing more? What can you do to get more laughter in your life? What benefits will your life have if you start laughing more? And this might help. Think back. Think back to these, you know, these stories that I'm telling you today. By the way, the one story about my friend um, being at the funeral home, I hadn't thought about that story in a really, really, really long time. But I thought about it when I was telling you these funny stories. So sometimes what you should do is just recall funny stories, right? Just start telling some funny stories and people will start laughing and then you'll start laughing. I'd really, really, really love to hear back from you somehow when you've put more laughter into your life and see how it changes. It may not change, like I said, it may not change this situation or these situations that are really bothering you, really have you down and have you not laughing. But they can, it can really help to change your life because it'll help to change your mood and it'll help you to change your attitude. Now, I do have one little tip. And I actually use this in my confidence building challenge, which might sound crazy, but laughter, I believe, can even help you build confidence. So this is what I want you to do. I know a lot of you listen to these podcasts when you are walking or in the car or something like that, so I don't know if you can do this right now. But I'd love for you to do this sometime today. Go stand in front of the mirror. Yes, go stand in front of the mirror. Look at yourself and start laughing. I mean just start laughing. Now, at first it's going to feel really weird and you're laughing. Your laughter might be forced. You know, it might not sound like you, your normal laughter, but keep doing it. Keep doing it. And the more you watch yourself laughing, you'll crack up because let's face it. When you see other people laugh, don't you laugh? I mean, it's really hard to watch other people laughing and not laugh. So this is really important. I said to get around some funny people and go to a comedy show, watch funny shows and all that. And you should do that but you don't need to wait for anybody else. You can crack yourself up. So stand in front of the mirror and laugh. And before long, your laughter will be genuine. Now you could take this a step further. If you have a spouse or a friend that lives with you or something like that, or somebody that you're with, do it together because that'll be even funnier. And if you're not around a mirror, you don't even have to do it in front of the mirror. One of you start laughing, the other one will start laughing, then you'll start laughing and it'll go back and forth. Because laughter is contagious and it's a really, really good contagion. And lastly, you can just find the humor in everyday life. Just when you see something, when you're driving in in the car or you think of something, laugh. Go ahead and laugh even by yourself. Laugh out loud. Look at things and find a way to be amused by things more often. Like my trip, like the trip I told you to San Francisco, that really was the business trip from hell. But it turned into a really funny story because of the way I chose to recall, think about, and even find some funny perspectives when I thought about what happened. Do that. I used to crack myself up all the time. Well, I still do. (laughs) But I used to crack myself up a lot, a lot, when the kids uh, were young, 
when Sean and Jamie were young and I would crack up all the time. I'd say something funny. Well, of course, you know, when they're at a certain age, they did not want to give you the credit or, you know, even think you're funny. You know, you're just mom. So they would say, mom, you're not that funny. And whenever they said that, it's really funny. I wish Jamie could be here today. Or if, if Sean, if you ever meet my son, Sean, and ask him this, he'll remember when they would say, you're not funny, mom. I would always tell them, I'm not trying to make you laugh. I'm trying to amuse myself. And if you get amused along the way, that's a bonus. So that's what I want you to do. Crack yourself up. Amuse yourself. Lighten your load. Get some laughter in your life. Check out the laughter meter in the Still Standing After All the Tears workbook and see how you do. And just remember, laughter really is the best medicine and it doesn't take a prescription or an expensive healthcare plan. So start laughing. Have an awesome, funny day. This has been another uplifting episode of Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. Remember to visit ValerieSilvera.com slash podcast to subscribe via SoundCloud or iTunes.